in the Machloikas against Moshe and Aaron, Koirach and, and the people with him were punished with two types of punishments. The Pasuk says the people that were with Koirach and Dosan and Aviram got swallowed up in the ground. They and everything along with them went down, Chayim alive, down Sha'ila into the ground, into the pit, into the grave. And the 250 people that were bringing the Ketoris were burnt. Now we know that the punishments at Kamala Milo are similar to the action of the Aveda that the person has done. As Chazal say, A person is given in the same measure by which he has done. And the Rebbe says, this is according to everyone. We know that there are different opinions of how Schar and Oynish work. There is an opinion that it's not a direct result and a consequence from the mitzvah and Avera itself. Rather, it's what's called a Sguladika Inyan. Meaning, it is decided, you do this, this is the punishment you get. So even according to that, there's still the concept of Mida Keneged Mida, that there's still some connection between what you have done and the punishment that came. And how much more so, according to the opinion that schar and oynish, reward and punishment, are like a natural consequence and result of the action of the, of the person, then definitely there must be a relationship between that which was done and the punishment. Based on all of this, we need to understand what is the connection and the similarity between the punishment of being burnt and being swallowed up to the avedah that they have done and the blemish that they have caused, which is the machloikis against Moshe and Aaron. Now, in regards to the punishment of being swallowed up, as the Pasuk says, they went down Chayim Sha'ila, we would be able to simply explain that instead of the way Kairach and his people wanted, they were arguing, complaining against the appointments of Moshe, that Moshe is doing everything on his own. And through his machloikas, what Kairach wants to do is that he wants that the other Yidin should also be elevated to the level of Kohuna and be lifted up and elevated, etc. Instead of this, they're being lowered down, as the Pasuk says, Vayerdu, they went down into the grave. So this is a punishment of the ultimate Yerida descent instead of where they wanted to be elevated. In a similar way, we could also say in regards to the punishment of being burned, from the simple reading of the Psukim, it sounds like the punishment of Sarefa was because of what they did in bringing the Ktoiris. Now, Ktoiris is, of course, connected with a fire, with burning the incense. So since this was a foreign fire, a fire which, uh, because they were not Koyanim, therefore a fire comes out from Hashem and consumes them and burns them. However, the Rebbe says this is not completely understood, because the Ktoiris, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu told them to bring, Although, yes, it was supposed to come to clarify who was the one that Hashem chose and is holy, and everybody else would get lost, but seemingly it's not connected to the essence and to the main Avera that they were involved in, which is the idea of Machloikas. And as is emphasized in the Pasuk itself after they're burnt, the Pasuk says, which means that they had sinned against their souls because they went and fought and argued against Hashem. Furthermore, Hashem says that to take from these firepans and to make it as a coating over the Mizbeach, that this should be as a remembrance, that people will say this is because of those people that fought and argued against Kohuna. So if we're going to say that they were burnt only because of the problem of bringing Ktoires, what's still missing is the sign that it's a punishment for the fact that they were arguing and fighting against Kohuna. So we must say that somehow the punishment of being burnt itself is connected with this concept of machloikas as a remembrance that these people were fighting against the Kuna, so we need to understand what's the connection. So too, back to the other explanation, what we said about being swallowed up. 
We explained that the idea was that there was a descent rather than where they wanted to ascend and be elevated. But that's only in the detail of the fact that they actually went down. It's a punishment of Yerida in contrast to the Chait, the Aveira of Hisnasus of wanting to be higher. But from the flow of the Psukim, and especially Medrash Chazal, it sounds like the main punishment wasn't the fact that they were swallowed. As Lashon Razal is bluim, the people that were swallowed. So we need to understand, again, the connection between this concept of being swallowed to the Indian of Machloikas. Another thing, says the Rebbe, we need to understand is a Medrash that says that Koirach got a bigger punishment more than anybody else. He got both burnt and swallowed. Why does he get both punishments? Because if he would be burnt and not swallowed, those people that were swallowed would complain and say that he who is the one that brought all of this punishment? Koirach was the one that brought all of these troubles, and yet here they're getting swallowed and Koirach is being saved. On the other hand, if he would be swallowed and not burnt, would be the other way around. Those that were burnt would be complaining. Who was the one that caused all the problems? It was Koirach. And here they are being burnt and he is being saved. And this is why he gets both punishments, both deaths. The Rebbe asks, seemingly, even if he would only be punished with one death, now let's say he's being punished with a death different than um, what certain people thought he should have gotten. So the most you could say is that maybe his punishment is not as harsh as what they're getting. But what does it mean when they say that he's being saved? He's not being saved. He is clearly being punished with a punishment of death, just a different punishment. So how do we understand this? Says the Rebbe, in order to understand this, we're first going to focus on the main idea of what the Machloikas of Koirach was all about. Koirach's argument was, all of the Yidin are holy, Hashem and Hashem is in their midst. Why are you holding yourself higher? Over all the rest of the Yidin. In other words, what Kairach is saying is there shouldn't be differences amongst Yidin, and certainly that there shouldn't be a situation where one Yid is greater and higher than the other. According to his opinion, that would be the idea of true Achdus, where everyone are equal, everyone's equal, there is no one higher or lower than the other. Nevertheless, what does the Torah tell us? That this argument and this way of behavior of Kairach was actually exactly the opposite of Achdus. It's in fact Machloikas. As the Targum Unkos write on the words Vayikach Koirach translates, what's Vayikach? The Ispoleg, he's causing Machloikas. In fact, the whole idea of Machloikas is always associated with Koirach. This becomes the, the, the main example of Machloikas. As it says, Kola Machzig Machloikas, someone that keeps up a Machloikas is over and alav, because the Pasuk says, which is understood as meaning, a person is not allowed to be like Koirach in the sense of Machloikas. So we need to understand, how does it, how can we understand this idea that Koirach wants Achdus amongst Yidin, and yet this should be Machloikas, and not only any Machloikas, but of the worst kind, so that every single Machloikas by Yidin is always connected with the Machloikas of Koirach. Says the Rebbe, the explanation of all of this is hinted in the, in the response and the answer of what Moshe Rabbeinu says when he says, Boiker, that in the morning Hashem is going to notify who He chose, etc. The Medrash says, and Rashi brings it also in his Pirush Allah Torah, that Moshe Rabbeinu says to them as follows, Hashem had made borders, Hashem had made partitions in His world. Are you able to mix, for example, day and night? The Pasuk says, There was evening, there was morning. Hashem separated. 
So to Hashem separated between Yidin and Goyim. And so to Hashem had separated Aaron and the rest of the Yidin. As the Pasuk says, Hashem had separated him to make him holy. Says Moshe Rabbeinu to these people, if you could try to hold back or change this separation that Hashem made between day and night, just like you can't do that, so too you cannot cancel this Havdolah, this separation that Hashem made between Aaron and the rest of the Yidin and so on. How do we understand this? What's really this idea of separation? So the Rebbe says, we know that Hashem creates the world with ten individual sayings. Not the Maimarechad, it's not all coming from one place. It's coming from ten Maimaris. And this is what also causes that the whole creation is set up in such a way that Hashem makes borders and partitions in the world. There are different levels within the creations. Every single creature, every single creation has his own Hagbalah, his own limitation, and how he is different, separated from other things, his own characteristics. Just like there are the borders of time, of Erev and Boiker, of evening and morning, that every single time has its own task, its own Indian. And only when each one is fulfilling its task according to the limitation, according to the parameters of its own time, that's what causes Yom Echod. Now we have one day, but it's a Yom Echod. In other words, now it's the proper day the way it's supposed to be. And there's an Achdus over here of Yom Velayla becoming one day. So too, says the Rebbe, in the Avoidah, and the task of every single liver of every single creation. The Tachlis and the Shleim is the ultimate proper way of creation is when every single creature does the task for which it was created in, in its specific definitions, limitations, parameters, and so on. When a Nivra, when a person or a thing does not do things according to its definition and its limitations, rather it's trying to do an avoido which was designated for someone else or something else, this is actually what causes the biggest mix-up and confusion in the Seder of how Hashem created the world. Says the Rebbe, just like there are these borders and separations and differences within the creation itself, so too is true within the Oira Kedusha, which is found in, in Bria and creation, that is something that's higher than creation, but found inside of creation, that there's also a division in the different levels of Kedusha. And we see this in each of the three areas of what our world is, cons- consists of, is Oilam Shana Nefesh. Oilam is the, the world, meaning space. Shana is time. And Nefesh is souls. In other words, referring to Yidin and so on, as we'll soon see. The Rebbe says this is a famous Rosh Hashanah, Oshan, Oilam Shana Nefesh. So first of all, in Oilam and space, there's differences. For example, we know the Mishnah speaks about 10 different levels of Kedusha within Eretz Yisrael, one going higher than the next. So too, we know in time, we have the weekdays, we have Yom Tif, we have Shabbos, we have Shabbos, Shabbos, which is Yom Kippur. And so too, in Nefesh and Shamas Yisrael. So for example, we have the general division of a nation that's made up of three Koyanim, Levim, Yisraelim. In Koyanim itself, we have different levels of Koyanim. We have the regular Koyan, the Koyan Hediyat, and all the way to the highest level of the Koyan Gadol. We also know sometimes Yidin are divided into ten categories, from Rashaykim, Shiftaykim, from the leaders down to the Choytev, the wood choppers and the water carriers. And then, of course, we have the division of 600,000 Yidin. Says the Rebbe, just like within Nivroim, within all other creatures, the proper way is that things don't change the task, don't try to do something that they were not created for. Every Nivra needs to fulfill the task for which it was created and not the task of a different Nivra. And only that brings into Sholem, into peace and harmony within all of the creation. And as it is in the 
with the behavior and the conduct of the world itself, that Shalim and Achdus only happens when people are not masigvul, for example. People don't enter each other's borders, not fighting with others, not taking from others what doesn't belong to them. So too, says the Rebbe, within the realms of Kedusha, that Shalim, that peace and Achdus, is when there's no Hasogas Gvul, there's no opposition from one level against the other. Again, in all three areas of Oilam, Shona, and Nefesh, rather, everything is found within its own space, within its own borders and limitations, and sticking to its task. Says the Rebbe, even this is still not the ultimate of Shalim. Because since each one of these levels is still separated for itself, sort of in its own space, in its own world, and has no connection to the other, so at the end of the day, they're still nifrodim, they are still separated. You can call it shalom to a certain extent, b'shem amushal in a borrowed term, because there's no fights, there's no wars going on, there's no battles. But you can say that it's mamish full shalom, and shalom says the Rebbe also in the word hashlom of everyone, complimenting each other, helping each other, fulfilling each other, and achdus, this is still not the ultimate achdus. So what's a greater level of shalom? Is when there's actual, each one is giving to the other, complimenting each other, and from one level to the other. In other words, at the same time where each level has its own designated idea, there's also hashpah coming from one to the other. This is similar to what we have, for, for example, by the Malachim, where it says, V'koro zel zeh, and the Targum translates it, we say this in Uvalitzian, umekablin dein minden, each malach is receiving from the other. Or we know you have the Ashpah going from a higher level down to a lower level. And as Razal say, regarding the Beis HaMikdash, that it's, the Beis HaMikdash is not only about the holiness of the Beis HaMikdash itself, there needs to, there's the Oyer, the light coming out from the Beis HaMikdash to the rest of the world. So too we spoke about the idea of Shabbos. Shabbos has Ashpah on the six weekdays. So too, when we speak about the Koyen Gadol, there's a Ashpah coming from the Koyen Gadol to the rest of the Yidden, like, for example, Birchas Koyenim, and so on. The truth of the matter says that it also goes the other way around. Each one of these things that we say are receiving are also, in a certain sense, giving. So first of all, the Mishkan and the Beis HaMikdash, besides them giving to the Bnei Yisrael, but how were they built? It came by the donations of each and every one of the Yidden. So to the Kedusha itself that's in the Mishkan of the Beis HaMikdash is, to, is, is coming from the Karbonois, which the Yidden are the ones that are consecrating and bringing to the Mishkan and to the Beis HaMikdash. So to when we speak about time, Shana, it's not only that the Kedusha of Yomtev, again, Shabbos and Yomtev giving to the Yidden, but it also goes the other way around. So first of all, there's the idea of the Kedusha of Yomtev connected and according to the Avoid of Yisrael, because we know that the Yidden are the ones that make Yom Tov holy, they make the time holy, but even Shabbos, which is holy by itself, and yet we say, Misha Torah Be'erev Shabbos, Yoichel Shabbos. If you work before Shabbos, you'll have on Shabbos, which the inner meaning of this is that the Kedusha of Shabbos is in a greater way, if you had more of an avoida, an effort put in in the six, in the six weekdays beforehand. And then in Nefesh, in regards to Yidden, so again, on the one hand, the Koyinim are being Mashpia to Yisrael, but there's also the other way around. In regards to a Koyin, we say, Vikidashte, we have to sanctify him. That is, that in all matters of Kedusha, we honor him first, and he makes the first, he benches first, he gets the first good portion. And says the Rebbe, we could explain that the word Vikidashte, that we're adding Kedusha to the Koyin from the Yisrael, is not only a matter of honor or acting of Darke Shalom, but it's actually that we are in fact increasing, we're giving him Kedusha. 
So So in other words, what do we see over here? That each level is being mashpia on the other one as well. Says the Rebbe, but this is only when we first have, on the one end, the mechitza, the separation, the distinction between each level, and at the same time, each one is giving from himself also to the other one. Says the Rebbe, it's through this that you come to a greater level of shalom. In other words, to the real idea of everyone completing each other, complementing each other of all the levels together. The Alter Rebbe explains this in regards to the idea of, of Yidin, that all the Yidin, everyone needs each other, all the Yidin are one unit, are one body. And just like Lamashal in the limbs of a body, that every single one of the limbs, every single one of the organs has its own characteristic, has its own advantage, which is relevant and brings benefit to the other Eivorim. And the same way, just like it's in a body, the same thing is true with Bnei Yisrael, to use the expression of the Alter Rebbe, like a person that has, in the whole body, he has the Rosh, the Raglayim, the head, the feet, and even though the feet are the bottom and the lowest level, and the Rosh, the head is on the top, and greater than the rest, nevertheless, in a certain sense, there's a certain advantage to the feet, that you need the feet to be able to get to where you're trying to go. The feet are also the ones that are holding up the whole body. Also, says the Alter Rebbe, that sometimes a person may have certain aches and pains, heaviness in his head, and you may need to bring a cure by taking some blood from the feet. So now the Rosh, the head, is getting highest from the feet. In other words, the Rosh doesn't have a Shlemus, is not complete without the feet, and the same thing the other way around. And exactly the same thing is true with the Yidin, that we all complement each other and need each other. Now moving on to the next level of Oilam, of space, here is also the same idea, that the Shlemus of the higher levels of the Eser Kedushos, when do you say these are the highest levels? That's when you have Eser Kedushos, in other words, when you have all ten, then you could say that the highest one is also greatest and so on. And the same thing in Shana, in time. The Shlemus of a year being proper is when you have all the different days. You have Yemoisachol, the weekdays, you have Shabbos, and you have Yom Tif. Just like, says the Rebbe, in the simple sense, Bechitzonius, why is it called Shana? Shana means, first of all, it's from the word of change, Shinui. It also is from the word Shani, which means it's coming around the second time, and it's coming around again the same thing. In other words, the whole idea of a year is that it's made up of all the different seasons, with all of their differences. Says the Rebbe now will understand that this kind of Shalom and Achtos, when you have all of the different details being put together as one Mitzvah, over here it's, it's extremely important that each one has its own space, its own limitations, its own definitions, because the way you have Achtos is everything coming, coming together as one unit, as one body, whether it's in the world, in space, whether it's in time, whether it's in people, it's specifically because each one is coming with his own special characteristics, not because of the common denominator in all of them, but rather each one is coming with its own advantages. Again, as we see in the body of the person, that when can you say this is a healthy, complete body, is when he has all of the different parts of the body. He has the head, he has the body, he has the feet. And all the Ramachivarim and Shasak Gidim, which each one of them are different to each other. Now the Rebbe moves up to another level. And the Rebbe says, this Shalim and Achtas that we were speaking about in these three levels... That's as far as creation is concerned, including even the higher Olamos. Because as we said, the world is created by ten separate sayings, and therefore the general idea of creation is also made up of lots of division. 
And therefore, even the oil of the kedusha within the oilam shana nefesh, in other words, that which is being drawn down in time and space, is coming down in a way of ischalkus, of division and change and so on, and set up in the different levels of kedusha, the ten levels of kedusha, the ten levels by yidin that all c- 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 um, comprise and make up a whole lineage, the kedu- bringing the kedusha of Hashem into the world. But then you have the oira kedusha, the way it's on its own, or even more so, the way it's in its source in its highest place, all the way going up to within the essence of Hashem, which there, of course, it doesn't have any sort of description, definition, and so on. And there you can't even speak about Sholem and his Achdus, because, of course, we're speaking about Hashem himself, Achdus Hapshuta, where it's just pure unity, pure oneness, not made up of parts. And the truth of the matter is this Achdus, we also see, and it impacts the Kedusha that we spoke about in Olam, Shona, and Nefesh. So the Kodesh HaKadoshim, we have the concept of Mokim HaOroin, Einim, and Amida. That here you have something of space itself, and yes, and yet it's higher than space. And we know that that could only come because of the very essence of Hashem. We also have in time, so you have that that one point of absolute oneness, which is Yom Kippur, Achaz Bashan, and so to within people, there's only one Koyin Gadol. Says the Rebbe, when the Koyin Gadol would go in on Yom Kippur into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, here he's bringing a whole new level of Sholem and Shleimus, and even more than that, the absolute pure unity within to the levels of Yidin, the way they are, also in their individual levels of Kedusha. Says the Rebbe, now we can start bringing this all back to the story of Koyrach. Chazal tell us that Koyrach, Shapika Choya, Koyrach that was so clever, that was so smart, Marol Shtuzu, how did he act in such a foolish way? Now, from the fact that we say that he was so smart, now the truth of the matter is, when we look in Torah, we don't find anywhere until this Machloikas anything about knowing anything about how clever and smart he was. It sounds like it's from this story itself we realize how smart he is. And yet we're saying, Marol Shtuzu, why is he acting in such a foolish way? That means somehow within his cleverness, there's an union of Shtuz. What does this mean? So we know that Chachma, being smart, and why is Razal tell us, who's considered a Chacham, someone that could see as Hanoilod, which could mean the consequences, the future, and so on. But in other words, what he could see is not only that which is open and seen clearly, but even those pnimistic things, the things that are not so noticeable, that which will only be seen eventually. So what was Koyrach's Taina? Koyrach says like this, all the Yidin are holy, Hashem is in their midst. Why are you holding yourself greater than everybody else? In other words, that he is claiming that there's no room for any division amongst Yidin. With his Chachma, with his cleverness, with his wisdom, he is viewing and looking at the concept of Sholem and Achdus, the way it's in its highest, greatest source, where there is really no differences, there's only absolute pure unity. Which really, this is going to be Nizgalu, when Mashiach comes, when there will be the absolute Shalim and Achdus in the world. It says regarding La'asid Laviv, people won't have to teach each other, everyone's going to know me. So on the one hand, that's what Koyrach sees, and that's what we're calling him very smart. But on the other hand, it's a Shtus, because this kind of absolute Achdus is only able to be up in its Shoyrish, up Lamaila within the essence of Hashem. And La'asid love once Moshiach comes, but now down here in this world, in Hayyim La'asoyism, in the world of action, this kind of conduct is not only not Achdus and Shalom, but on the contrary, it's the opposite of Shalom, it's the Indian of Machloikas. To explain further, when we say Kalei Dokulam Kedoshim, 
that the Kedusha by everyone is equal, and therefore even a Yisroel, someone that's not a Koyin, should be able to go into the base Hamikdash, should be able to bring Karbonis and Ktoiris. Since this is not really according to his level and his kind of Avoida, so what happens is, to quote Targum Unkels from before, the Ispoleg, it causes a separation, it causes a Machloikas. What does that mean? The spark of Hashem, the godly spark that's inside of every Yid, which mitzad that, that's usually, is usually able to be makabal through the Kedusha of the Koyen Godel, and the Avoid of Koyen Godel usually connects with this deepest part of the Yid. But this holiest part of the Yid is now going to be nostalgic, it's going to go upwards, it's going to remove itself from the body. Because the individual level of the Yid, he's not a shayich to such a high dargam, it's on his own characteristics, he's not really shayich to these highest levels of and the greatest holiness. So his upper parts, the deepest parts of Elikus inside him, that's what's going to ascend. On the other hand, his individual spark, his nivra aspect, the creation part of him, is going to go down, so to speak, and be swallowed up, be completely gone down below. The same thing is true, just like an individual yid, regarding yidin generally, altogether. When you don't have the tisnasu al-kal Hashem, certain yidin that are in those positions of being higher up, in other words, when you remove the mechitzes, the partitions, separating koyin and levim Yisraelim, separating the koyin gadol and everyone else, when you don't have that, that's what's going to cause machloikas. In other words, it's specifically only when you have those separations, those distinctions, those partitions, right now, these days, that's the way we could have shalom and achdos that each level could give to the other level as well, and each one could complement each other and make that unit, the body of Klal Yisrael, altogether as whole. But otherwise, you're actually going to be causing a destruction, you're going to be causing a schalkos, a separation, a division, and again, you're going to cause that those higher people should should be completely, or the higher part should be completely removed in the sense of going up higher and higher, and those that are lower are going to go down lower and lower. In other words, when you don't have them in their proper places, then there's that complete separation, the higher going higher, and the lower falling down even lower. It says that Eben, now we can understand the punishment of being burnt and being swallowed up, and how that's midah connected midah. Because of this Aveira of Machloikas, which what did we say? Both of these things together are going to express this idea of the, the separation, histalkus on the one hand, the higher parts going up and the lower parts going down. And the Rebbe explains, through sreifas, through burning, that causes the higher part, the more refined parts of the thing being burnt, are sort of being consumed and going up and, and being burnt up. On the other hand, the idea of Bliya being swallowed up, the lower parts go down and get swallowed up. Those things that cannot be elevated through that burning automatically fall down and get swallowed up. The Rebbe says this actually fits also very well with the differences of who got these punishments. Sereifa, who got the burning? Those were the 250 people that brought the Ketoyeres. Who are these people? In the CAA, these are the leaders. These are the people called to the meetings. These are the famous people. These are the heads of the Sanhedrois. On the other hand, who is the one that gets swallowed up? That's around the people that were with Dosen and Aviram, the people with Kairach. These were very, very lowly people. Even from beforehand, we know this already, as the Torah had told us about their sins. They're called Rishoyim. So what do they, what happens to them? They get, they get swallowed up. Says the Rebbe, this is the reason why in the Oynish of Yerdu Chaim of those that get, went down, we mainly focus on this concept of being swallowed up. What's the idea of being swallowed up? Because we're speaking about the spark of Kedusha that is on that level of the Tachtoinim, the thing that's more Shaykh to the lower, lower parts. 
And what happened, as we said, was that as a result of the removal of the partitions, that's now going to be completely swallowed up down in the shoil, down in the, in the abyss. We know regarding the sholish klipis hatmeyos, so it's known that those sparks that are found in the klipos and things that are getting the chayis from the gimel klipis hatmeyos are like completely, the godly spark inside of them is like completely swallowed up and that's exactly what's happening over here. Those lowly things, the lower parts of the bria, which wasn't able to be elevated, now gets completely swallowed up and absorbed in the lower levels. Says that Rebbe, now we could also understand why Koyrach gets both punishments. He gets both burnt and swallowed. Because since he is the source of the Machloikas, he is the one that convinces everyone. So therefore his punishment in an open way also expresses both extremes, both parts of this division of the separation. Again, part of it going up and part of it going down. If Mukairach would have been punished only with one of them, either by being burnt or by being swallowed up, then the argument would have been, well, as we said, that he's being saved, what would that mean? So for example, if... Only he, he would only be swallowed up. That means only the lower part would have suffered and gone down. So then we would say, so the upper part was saved. Or the other way around, the lower part was saved and the punishment didn't touch that. In other words, what we're saying is that he only part of that machloikas happened, part of the punishment of machloikas happened, either that the upper part went up or that the lower part went down. So what happens by Koirach? He gets both punishments. As in the Shama, the Elyon part of him gets burnt. And the goof, in the meantime, was still it was still in existence. The tachtoinim, and then it rolls to the place where there everyone swallowed up, and it too gets swallowed up. So he, in his punishment, also expresses these two ideas of both the elyonim ending up lemaila and the tachtoinim being drawn down and being swallowed up. Says the Rebbe from all of this to our time, especially these days. There are those that claim. That for the sake of peace, for the sake of sake of kiruv alavavos, of being close to each other, nice to each other, and so on, we don't have to be so careful with all sorts of mechitzos, separations, and partitions that Hashem had set up in the world, starting with removing the separation between men and women. So, for example, allowing women to be able to be witnesses in get and kedushin, or to let them join a minion, and so on. So too, there are the people that try to bring and mix. Um, the union of Chas Shalom, the union of Yidin and Lahavdul Goyim. The Rebbe speaks about a breach that separates between Yidin and Goyim, through the concept of gear, of conversion when it's not Kalocha, etc., etc. Says the Rebbe, we see the Hayra from the story of Koirach. That when one wants to Chas Shalom cancel out those borders that Hashem put in his world. So in addition to the main point, that it's opposite of Moshe's Torah, which is a Torah of Hashem, in other words, you're fighting and arguing against Hashem, but in truth, you're not even bringing peace, just the opposite, you're actually causing more separation. Things that are in essence separated from each other, or even opposites from each other, there's no way to be able to connect them unless there's a partition that is separating them. The Rebbe gives an example. The Rebbe says we have water and fire. The only way that you could sort of have them be connected to each other, benefit from each other, so you want to cook some water, what are you going to do? You're going to put it in a pot. The pot is now going to separate between the water and the fire or something similar to this. On the other hand, there will be no point of putting them together. Instead, you put the water and the fire together. You're going to be canceling something out completely. So it's specifically when we uphold and we strengthen those borders that Hashem made in His world and that everyone does His task for which Hashem created Him. That's the way you bring true peace in the way it's supposed to be between the different categories because Shalim is when it's built on Torah regarding which it says, all of its paths are Shalim. 
And through this we are zoicha to the time. When Mashiach comes, what we say, there will be no longer, no more war, no more jealousy, no more competition. Mashiach who comes, Mizera David Ushloima. We say about Shloima, he's going to be a man of peace. Vishalim Vesheket, peace and tranquility is going to be by the Yidden in his times. And that's who Mashiach comes from. So even though then you'll also have Yidden being separated from the Goyim, as the Apostle says, Va'amdu Zarim, the foreigners will get up and do your work. But Mashiach is going to come, Kuloi. he will bring that the whole world should serve the Abishta together, as the Apostolic says, that even all the nations will call out in a clear language, in the name of Hashem, everyone serving Hashem together.